All right, this is Gary Parrish from CBSSports.com. It is now uh, Wednesday, April 8th, and this is the Eye on College uh, Basketball Podcast. I'm joined, uh, per usual, by Matt Norlander and Sam Bassini, and the college basketball season is now complete. Kentucky did not go 40-0. I'm sure you've heard by now they didn't win the national title. Instead, Mike Krzyzewski got his fifth championship. Duke beat Wisconsin Monday night in Indianapolis. Badgers uh, actually had a nine-point lead with less than 13 minutes to play. Then fell apart a bit, so Duke won, Wisconsin lost. And we're all back home now, except for uh, Sam, who's in Oregon for the, uh, is it the Hoop Summit, Sam? Is that where you're at? Yep, Nike Hoop Summit. I, I've uh, been there once before. It, it was, it's a nice event. Like, I, I did that one year. I've never been back because I realized after traveling, like, for the entire month of February, March, the last thing you want to do, or the last thing I wanted to do with, like, you know, wife and kids is then do another week on the road. So I did yeah. it once and learned from my, uh, I don't want to call it a mistake, uh, but it, it, for my own life, it seemed like a mistake. Uh, but it was a nice event. I was the there the year, it was John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, um, all of those kids, you know, it was that class. That's the one yeah. I was there for. And I, I thought it was a great event. It, it's uh, been terrific for you so far, right? Yeah, no, I mean, I got in around like 11 after being up literally all night, <laughs> um, just because we flew out of uh, Indy at like 6.15. So, uh, you know, there wasn't much sleep going on, but it was a really, really good uh, first day of practice that I was at. Uh, some of the Scalabissier was awesome. He's, I mean, Draft Express just moved him up to uh, their top pick in 2016. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, I don't do 2016 until July, but he looks awesome. Right. Um, now, he's been, he's, yeah, he's, no, he's, I, you know, I, I think, you know, he lives near me, like right down the road from yeah. me. And so I've I've seen him for a long, long time. I, I actually, this is not technically true, but I claim it to be true. I discovered Scalabissier. <laughs> and so <laughs> I do want to get into him and, um, and, and what else you're seeing a little bit later on. But first, I yeah. do want to start with, um, you know, the national championship game and sort of the college basketball season uh, being over. Like I said, you're out in Oregon. I'm back home. Uh, Norlander is back home. We've had a couple of days to sort of digest what we saw on Monday night. Norlander, just your general thoughts on Duke uh, winning a fifth national championship under Mike Krzyzewski. Who called it in October, suckers? Did you really? I did, actually. Oh, well, I, I, I'll, I'll do you one better because, um, because I always try to do everybody one better. Um, I caught it in July 2013. <laughs> what? Did you did you not see the column I retweeted yesterday? Actually, somebody re- somebody went and found it, and they were like, "Holy cow, Gary Parish!" You know, blah 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 blah. And so I was like, "So Ooh. when Okafor committed, you nope. said they're winning the title?" Nope. Even before that, I wrote a whole column about this whole idea of a package deal between Tyus Jones and Jalo Okafor. And while it was a, it would be unprecedented, two unrelated players from different states actually choosing the same school because of each other. Like, elite players go to the same school all the time, usually Kentucky. And we've had package deals of brothers or high school teammates of a, or AAU teammates or whatever. Um, but two unrelated players from different states, uh, from different AAU programs and high schools, choosing the same school because they wanted to play together, um, that had literally never been done as far as anybody could ever tell. And I just sort of wrote about that in the last line in the column. I wish I had it in front of me, but it was basically this. It, you know, um, If they do choose to go to school together, um, it could quite literally uh, decide the 2015 national championship. And now, here, and now here we are. So, hey, congra- congratulations on your October 2014 prediction. But um, I had it in July 2013, so uh, suck it. Yeah, you probably uh, you probably banged out the rest of that column from, like, that country bar sports place in the middle of Augusta. Oh, I hate that place. Like, what whatever. is that place? I hate that place so much. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't mind. I, actually, like, Augusta's not great. Although they got that little bitty place right across the street from our hotel, that the the that um, the the what's the name of that place where we always eat lunch? It's oh, out, it's out the back door of our hotel. The, oh man, I keep wanting to say the Green Beetle, but that's a place in downtown Memphis. That's but <laughs> but it's yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's something like that. that. I like I like that place, um, but short of that, uh, there's not a whole lot going on in Augusta, including that country like dance. <laughs> bar we sometimes end up at the whole place is ridiculous but um yes i call i basically called this in july 2013 so it was nice uh, now keep in mind that on monday night at at 8 30 p.m i 
I, I picked Wisconsin. So like uh, same, same, yeah. same. But, but whatever. Let's yeah, not get into yeah. We don't need to here. get into that. What do you What do you make of what happened Monday night? All right. Let's. Uh, yeah. Um. I thought Wisconsin was winning this game until about a minute and a half remained. Really, I. I I, I wasn't, you know, super convinced of it. I just thought the way that the game was going was certainly benefiting them. Uh, Winslow and Okafor being in foul trouble, certainly I thought would help them out big time. Um, Kaminsky showed up huge, both on Monday night and Saturday. I mean, a lot of credit to to Frank for, you know, being the player of the year and then just showing up big time in both big games. Uh, he did not let down whatsoever. You can certainly make the case that Jaleel had an underwhelming NCAA tournament performance on the whole. Um, he wasn't awful through six games, but he was not uh, incredible either uh, by any means. But Duke overcomes it uh, because Tyus Jones, I mean, man, oh, man. he It was kind of an exclamation point on what he had been able to do for much of the season for Duke um, in hitting big shots, having a sense of the big moment, making the right plays. He did have that weird... Um, rushed, missed layup attempt um, down the stretch where they did not need that, and that gave Wisconsin like its last glimmer of hope, but that didn't go anywhere. But aside from that, Jones really did everything you'd need him and expect him and want him to do. Um, so that combined with Grayson Allen kind of out of nowhere, um, and that's an interesting thing because we've known about Grayson Allen for so long because just of the nature of our jobs and going and watching recruits every summer and following and knowing when five-star guys uh, signed to schools, but the country doesn't know Grayson Allen. Um, so I do remember when he committed thinking, okay, a kid named Grayson Allen is going to Duke. There is no more hateable Duke name you could ever come up with. And then he does this in the title game, and now all the memes have begun. But really, it was, it was his uh, eight straight points that got them back in it because when Wisconsin started that second half so hot um, – that's when I really felt like Duke was going to be in some serious trouble because Okafor hadn't been doing much. Um, but, hey, to have gotten that win in that fashion with that defense, I also think, and I haven't had the time to really go back and, and look at recent champions over you know the past 15, 20 years. I just don't know if we've had many, if any, title winners who have just really – altered their uh, perception and ability uh, on one side of the ball. For Duke, it was their defense. They were never awful. They just weren't ever elite. And then over the past month, uh, they progressively got better and better and better and better. And they didn't really even truly change up what they were doing uh, scheme-wise. They just kind of just closed the gap, so to speak. And so that is the reason that they won it. I mean, if that doesn't happen, uh, they wouldn't have made a Final Four, let alone won a national title. So... Great on them. Uh, Kay is now at five. In my opinion, you could put him right there with Wooden because of the era that he's in. I don't know if we want to get in that or not, but it is it is truly ridiculous that uh, he's gotten to five. And by the way, Gino Oriema got to ten on Tuesday night, which is just But he's more or less coach. But it was fun. It was he, fun, he, and there's plenty to get into, but that's kind of my takeaway from the title game. Isn't Gino's uh, era like the equivalent of Wooden's era? It feels like that to a large extent, yes. Right. I, I, listen, we could get into the whole K Wooden thing. I just don't know that there's a definitive answer. We'd talk for ten minutes and like right, not right. not quite get anywhere. But I do think it's reasonable if you if you're putting a list together, it, it is. It seems very reasonable to me. I don't know what the definitive answer is, but it seems very reasonable to me to throw K right at the top, given what he's doing. He's won championships in three different decades. Um, he's won them with different types of rosters, you know, senior-laden rosters, freshman-heavy rosters. Won it playing all man-to-man. Won it playing some zone. Won it like you know, he's won it in a variety of ways. Won it playing fast. Won it playing slow. Like the 2010 team was really, really slow. And and though this team wasn't really, really fast, they were faster. And so um, he's just like I, I if if you want to wanted to start a conversation by uh, or with the sentence, Mike Shashevsky's the the best who's ever done it. Um, I, I think it's a it's a reasonable way to start a conversation. Oh, by the way, I've, I've got breaking news. The uh, restaurant right outside the hotel in Augusta, it is not the Green Beetle. It is uh, the Bull Weevil. Okay. Bull Weevil. That, that is my, that's my Augusta recommendation for lunch, the Bull Weevil. 
Um, and outside of that, like whatever, just to hang especially out. for all that uh, went to the title game and now have uh, gone to Augusta. So I think that is just Jim Nance this year mostly, and CBS <laughs> CBS employed people that yeah. that get to do both. But still, there all you go. Of, yeah, all of our friends from CBS who are now in Augusta, you should you should hit up uh, Bull Weevil just outside the back door of the Marriott in beautiful downtown Augusta, Georgia. Uh, Sam, Bo Ryan, uh, sore loser or eh, maybe he's got a point. Uh, regarding the one and done, regarding, regarding officials, regarding the what, officials. what, we what do we want to talk about? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? He was all over the place. We'll get yeah. into the one and done thing in a minute, or at least his comments that some people have translated into shots at the one and done era. Which uh, I don't just even know about that they the were. Did yeah. Wisconsin lose because the officials, you know, uh, really put them in a in a bad spot, or did they lose because Tyus Jones and Grayson Allen really put them in a bad spot? Oh, they definitely lost because Tyus Jones and Grayson Allen put him in a bad spot, and Julia Okafor like took over near the end down the stretch. I mean, you know, they they've been the team that has fouled less than any other team in America this season. But you watch Josh Josh Gosser defend, and he's bumping guys like it's his job out on the perimeter and doesn't get called for it. Uh, Like little stuff like that, it's fine. Like. I'm happy that they let it go throughout the whole season. You know what I mean? It's kind of sucks that they changed it up now, but you know, they lost because they lost. And I guess that I can't see a point in complaining about officiating whenever the officials got Jaleel Okafor off the floor for 18 minutes of the game. They got Justice Winslow off the floor for what, probably seven minutes that he wouldn't have played that he would have played otherwise. So I mean, it came up a little bit hollow to me, but then again, like I was sitting on the opposite side of the floor as where Duke was shooting. So, I mean, it was hard for me to say as well, like definitively that, oh, these fouls shouldn't have been called either. So, I mean, I'm I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm sympathetic to it, but at the same time, don't do that after a national title, man. Like... Your team got outplayed. It is what it is. They got outplayed down the stretch. You know what it looked like to yeah. me? Um, and it was sort of a joke leading into the game. Um, you know, Bronson Caney actually said, you know, Duke has eight McDonald's. He used the line again about Kentucky, and then he just um, um, amended it for uh, Duke. But he said, you know, Duke had eight, has eight McDonald's All-Americans, and, and we don't have any, but we have you know, like six all-state Wisconsin players, and they don't have any of those, so whatever. And everybody laughed, because it's actually like, a, it's funny, it's a good line. Um, yeah. But you know what it looked like down the stretch? Like the final 13 minutes, you know what it looked like? One team had eight McDonald's All-Americans, and the other team had zero. I mean, isn't that what it looked like? Like Tyus Jones yeah. looked like, be- he looked like he was o- overwhelming whoever guarded him. Grayson yep. Allen overwhelmed whoever guarded him. Just then, athletically. Yeah. Like he, he just flat out overwhelmed whoever Wisconsin put on him. He just got the ball, put his head down and drove. Yeah. That's it. Yep. And then, then nobody could stop him. Like, and I, I did think it was funny though. People were like, Oh, this Duke, this little white kid from Duke's coming out of nowhere. Like, no, he, nope. he was a McDonald's all American. Nope. This isn't Spike in this the, the 2000. This kid was a lot of Spike talk. Yeah. It was he like won the McDonald's all American dunk contest. Like, yeah. He can throw down. He is a superb athlete. Yeah, like Spike. Spike was a kid that was unheralded and unsigned late, and then Michigan lost. Who did they lose? The big point guard, bigger point guard. Uh, um, it went down. Back, back? No, 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 no. This was Wait, they didn't lose him to an injury. He turned pro. They didn't think he was going to turn pro. Hold on. And in hindsight, he might be. He maybe shouldn't have. You know, but. Um, whoever it was. And so then they they like literally had no backup for Trey Burke, I, I think is the way it was going to go. They lost somebody, whatever. And so then Hard- they had... Hardaway wasn't... No, uh, it wasn't hard. It was before that. Uh, oh, who cares? Uh, uh, Darius yeah. Morris? No. Oh, is this Morris. one like... That's when they brought him in? You're not talking that season? Like- I, yeah, I... I I can't remember. I can't remember the exact timeline. I just remember it was out of desperation. Like, unless they took Spike, they were going to have literally no ball handler other than Trey Burke on their team. Gotcha. And so, oh, speaking of great parish predictions, I saw them um, at the preseason NIT or whatever that event is at the Garden um, right before, right, right, right around Thanksgiving uh, that year. And Spike came off the bench and played, and he played well. Like, they, you know, it, 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 he... Uh, whatever, like like Michigan had a, a lead and he played significant amount of minutes because Trey was in foul trouble or something happened, and and they maintained the lead. I sort of wrote this whole column like there's going to be a point in the NCAA tournament where Trey Burke just picks up two fouls and they're going to need 
um, you know, th- this kid, because he's the only one they got to come in and give them, you know, meaningful minutes. And, and, and on this stage at the Garden can be a learning experience. And then we look up mo- on that Monday night national championship game and Spike had to come in just like um, I had written and like he balled out. Right. But like keep it like that was out of nowhere and crazy. Like Grayson Allen isn't Spike. Like Grayson Allen is is like a high level recruit, and so I did think it was funny that people were like, "Ooh, this it's Spike Part Two. No, 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 no. This is a different level, dude." But um, to to my initial point, uh, yeah, like Tyus Jones looked like a pro playing against guards that aren't pros. Grayson Allen looked like a pro playing against guards that aren't pros. And while I don't want to discount Frank because he is um, obviously tremendous, there was that one moment where Ja got just buried him deep, and mm-hmm. Frank tried to grab him. And like couldn't even grab him. He just physically, like he just like like yeah, a, yeah. like a man against a boy. And he, yeah. you know, Josh just still put the ball in. He didn't flex, but he should have. And and that's so that's what it looked like to me. Like down the stretch, we can talk about X's and O's and fouls and and you know missed reviews, which was shameful, by the way. And we'll get to that in a second. But ultimately, it looked like the team with the superior talent overwhelmed the team with the inferior talent for the final ten minutes or so. Yeah, um, there is certainly something to that. Now we still have only had two teams uh, ever to win a national championship without any McDonald's All-Americans. That was last year's UConn team, and O2 Maryland are the only ones ever to uh, to have done that. Wisconsin would have been the third if they did it, but uh, they did not. And I thought Okafor's two buck- buckets after kind of having you know a, a bad game, he he got two back-to-back. Uh, scores on back-to-back possessions, which gave Duke put Duke up from up one to up five, and that was kind of a critical moment in the game for sure. Because um, Wisconsin, prior to that, you know, there was no Oak Four and no Winslow on the floor, and that was really when they needed to take advantage. They didn't. Oak Four gets back in. They go feed him twice, takes advantage, and they get it. Um, as for Bo, uh, just, just real quick. So, yeah, not a great look for him overall. Um, you know, obviously a really, really good coach and knows what he's doing. But, man, you had a great run uh, and such a, a fun team. Um, I, I will say I was in the locker room briefly. Sam was in there longer than I was, but I went in there while I was waiting for Duke to open. Um Nigel Hayes was very, he was saying, I'm going to be politically correct here and say one team shot more free throws than the other. Um, they were not happy with the fouls, which whatever. I mean, they only had two in the first half. Like, right. A little bit of that was uh, was was certainly uh, <laughs> sour grapes to an extent. But I, I will say the Wisconsin team overall was just uh, incredible and incredibly fun to cover. Um, they were more loose, more media savvy, uh, more enjoyable to be around than any group that I can ever remember. And I have limited experience, relatively speaking, only, you know, five, six years doing this. I was talking to people that have done it for 10 and 20 years and said no group even comes close to just the overall vibe of this Wisconsin team and how uh, publicly comfortable they were with, with who they were you know, the skin they were in, uh, their press conferences became like these oddly must-attend events, and that's never that's like never something you say about any team, especially in an NCAA tournament environment when things get very sterile with the way the NCAA runs it. Um, it's just kind of like, you know, yes sir, no sir, answer question, yada yada, and then I will move t- on. I will tell you, it's, a, it's, um, it's shocking to me that um, um, a contingent of mostly white sports writers have found the mostly white Wisconsin Badgers to that's, be the most entertaining team they've ever been around. There's something to that, but GP, they <laughs> there's were a like lot to that. But, yeah, but I, I will, I will discount that by saying Nigel Hayes was more entertaining than any other member. That's of that fair. Team. That's a good counter argument. So yeah. it's not just because it was just that they were white. <laughs> no, I'm just um, giving it to you a little bit. Hayes was ridiculous. Like they'd be riding golf carts and Hayes would literally just, just because he's a, and there wasn't any press around. Like, I would see it happening just randomly in the hallway. He would just be like dragging his feet and trying to make pretty designs on the carpet, like by going against the grain. Just a weird, funky group. Um, so my point overall is like you had all that. That was a lot of fun. And then Bo Ryan, who has long gone such against that kind of uh, general <laughs> general ethos about him, um, in a loss, not a great look. I know it hurts, uh, but. It was a, it was lacking a certain amount of, of gratitude and class, especially after you had 
first half where you only call for two fouls. Right. You know, I never get caught up in, um, you know, the, 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 just the number of fouls called. Like, oh, well, that, hey, that team has been called for 11, and this team has been called for two. So, like, the refs are screwing the one. Like, sometimes teams just foul more often than other teams. Like, I don't know why that's so hard for people to grasp. Like, it, and I'm not saying this was the case on Monday night, but, like, if you do nothing but shoot jumpers and the other team does nothing but drive on you, you're going to commit more fouls than they commit, right? It's just that that is the way it's going to go. So I'm less interested in the foul discrepancy. Like, if you want to talk about specific plays that, that were bad or wrong or missed, I'll, I'm happy to talk about that. And I don't mean you, but, like, just people in general. But don't just, like, circle a number of fouls called on, in a box score and, and then yell about how that proves the game was fixed. Like, um, you know, because that, to me, doesn't necessarily mean – anything in fact like forget me it doesn't necessarily mean anything period um that said there were some questionable calls there's no getting around that and the missed review of the ball going off justice winslow's hands to me that's unforgivable like what uh, why do we why do we have and you know what it was the second time in the final four where we had a review late in the game on a very important moment because like um the other one being of course when trey lyle's karate chopped whomever, what, ha- who, yeah. what, like, listen, you watch that review, you, t- to walk, t- like, for five minutes, and then come back and say nothing, oh, yeah, whatever, you know, just nothing, that's insane, like, even Kentucky fans were like, yo, that, at, at best, it's a flagrant one, at worst, it's a flagrant two, but it's something, and for the refs to screw that up, to me, is, uh, you know, just embarrassing, and then on, you know, the ball clearly went off Justice Winslow's hands on Monday night, and that, I, I think at that point, Wisconsin was down five. They would be getting the ball back. They go down, bang home another three. Who knows? You know, you, then you, you've got a game, you've got game pressure that, that could affect something. Probably not Tyus Jones, given he, you know, what he's been able to do really all year long. But it, whatever. It could have theoretically changed the game. And we have replay for a reason. And I know the explanation uh, that we found out yesterday was that the officials reviewing um, the play at courtside didn't have the same um, replay that that we all had on television, which leads to the question: Why? What in the world? Like technology has gotten us to a pretty interesting place in the year 2015. How is it possible the officials, the ones who have to get it right, don't have a replay um, as valuable as the one literally millions of people are watching in their living rooms all over the world like it's just crazy to me and so that's something that's that to me criticize that to me yell about that but just normal basketball calls which is basically what the final 10 minutes were whatever the truth is you know duke was attacking from the perimeter and wisconsin Mm -hmm. couldn't guard them and it led to a lot of fouls I, i know there's a questionable one here or there but but the fouls aren't the reason Wisconsin lost. The The reason Wisconsin lost is Tyus Jones, Jalo Okafor, it, it, the players. Duke had better players who played better down the stretch. That's as, simply, as simple as I could put it. Yeah, no. Sam, I'm going to yeah, let Sam hop in here because uh, I've been hogging the time. Go ahead, Sam. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's, that's all right. Um, you know, I think that sometimes people do get caught up just in pure foul disparities. Right. Um, and, and they neglect to say that you know, Grayson Allen just put his head down and went straight to the rim every single time and Wisconsin couldn't stay in front of him. And then they may or may not have swiped down on his hands. And I mean, they did it occasionally. They bumped him, you know, like it happens. And I I will say this too. I I was in that Wisconsin locker room. Uh, Wisconsin Koenig wasn't particularly pleased about the way Quinn Cook was defending him. I think that that's more what annoyed Wisconsin is that they thought that they were getting called for fouls that Duke wasn't getting called for. Like they thought that they thought Quinn cook was bumping them really badly on the perimeter. They thought that uh, they thought that Grayson Allen was kind of hand checking Sam Decker quite a bit to stay in front of him. And, you know, I get that. That was, that was happening. I agree. I would say that that might be fair. And right. if that's going to be their argument, I can, I can kind of get behind that a little bit. But they got outplayed. Right. They got outplayed. And the other thing is, like, even if it's true, it's not the look you want. You know, it, it, doesn't, it never comes off. You, you let other people make that point. 
I think, if other people want to make that point. But I don't know that you can be standing there with yeah. you know, Tracy Wolfson or Rachel Nichols, who, whoever did the it was post. Tracy Wolfson. Okay, yeah. so it's Tracy. Um, you know, I don't know that you can be standing there with Tracy making those points. On the other hand, um, and perhaps I'm projecting a little bit here, but I, I can see how your head might be spinning a little bit if you're Bo Ryan. Yep. Be, because think of it in these terms. All right, he's 66 years old before he gets to his first Final Four at the Division One level, right? And at the age of 65, um, a lot of people thought he never would, right? Because the system won't allow it and blah, blah, blah. And I always thought that was stupid, but it was something people said out loud. So then he gets there, and that's an awesome achievement. If for no other reason, then people can no longer say you can't do it because you just did it. And then he gets back there. And not only does he get back there, they knock off you know, the top ranked team in the country that was 38-0. So now they're in the national championship game and they're actually favored to win it, all right? So when it tipped off on Monday night, he he's supposed to be a national champion in about two hours and 15 minutes. Then he's got a nine-point lead with less than 13 minutes to play. Mm-hmm. He's got a team that takes care of the ball as well as anybody else in the country. He's got veterans. He's got the national player of the year. He's got at least one more pro and maybe two. He's playing a team that is relying heavily on on freshmen, which, while we know this isn't the case, or didn't turn out to be the case, in theory, you could think maybe they're ready to fold a little bit, right? Every like There is a moment in time where you hit pause, and if you could just soak it all in, like people tell you to do this all the time, like, hey, just take a minute to appreciate the moment, and like, really, like, take a deep breath, and what, like, if, if Bo Ryan had that moment, you look around and there's, you know, 80,000 people in a building. Most of them are supporting you. Um, you've got the, you know, the national player of the year. Like I said, at least two, maybe three pros. You've got a nine-point lead. Just close it out. Just just do, like, you, you are about to be a national champion. And then it's gone. And now we know Frank's gone. We know Sam Decker's probably gone. And considering both 67 years old, for no other reason than considering both 67 years old, like that's it. Like that, you probably never get back to that point. Like you probably never have a nine-point lead in a national championship game in the second half again, right? That's a pretty safe assumption, um, because you know, like he doesn't, and he made this point very clear. They don't recruit in a way where they're just going to reload for next year at the same level. Like you know, like like Kentucky can can do that, and, and maybe Kansas can do that, maybe North Carolina can do that, but Wisconsin's not the team that's just going to bring in you know, three McDonald's All-Americans and reload and ready to do it again. To, to, to the extent that they could maybe get back there one day, it's going to take a couple of years for like some kids are in high school right now to get into the program and develop and whatever. And so I wonder if, you know, 12 minutes after the final buzzer, if he's just not reeling a little bit, like trying to trying to get his head wrapped around the idea that it was there for the taking and it's probably never coming back. Like even when John Calipari loses the 2008 national title game, which was devastating, right? I mean, you've not, not, then it's not even the only, you have a nine point lead with 12 minutes to play. He had a nine point lead with less than two to play and a, a three point lead with less than a second to play. <laughs> like, I mean, yep. I mean, it's sickening to, to have that ripped yeah. away from you. But you could, he was also like 49 years old. So you go, okay, um, whether he stays at Memphis or goes to Kentucky or goes to some other premier program, the way he recruits, he's going to keep knocking on the door. Like John Calipari will be back in that moment again. And of course, four years later, he was. Um, with Bo Ryan, you probably never get to that moment again. And I, that has to have some sort of, like, I can, I can sort of rationalize um, his, his mini rant by just saying, my God, like, that's a dude having to deal with a whole bunch of stuff you know, yeah. on, on a pretty big stage. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Um, I, I get it. Uh, I, I think this was his uh, best chance of getting a title for sure. Uh, I am interested to see how we remember uh, Wisconsin 5, 10, 15 years down the road from now uh, because I think this was such an interesting and terrific Final Four uh, that I'm, I'm intrigued on how we'll look back on a Wisconsin team that made a final four and then came back uh, when a lot of people, you know, preseason, they were expected as a top five team and they were certainly they were that they had the player of the year. Kaminsky got even better. Um, And then they lose in a title game, but will they be remembered for losing to Duke? Will we remember Duke most? I think we will. Cause I think this is going to be Krzyzewski's last one. I, I don't think he'll get to, 
number six. Uh, but will we remember them knocking off Kentucky? I think, and if we want to get into this just a little bit, since we didn't have uh, a post Final Four podcast, I think we can and should. Um, Wisconsin played so well in, in taking care of Kentucky, um, and that's a it's an oddly proud legacy the team will have, even though it came up short. Ultimately, I think what we're going to remember is, hey, that Wisconsin team, that was like the best ever because made back-to-back Final Fours, had the player of the year, Decker became a pro. Maybe Nigel Hazel would go on and become a pro, but it knocked off and ended the season where we thought Kentucky should have or was going to go 40-0, but instead it ended you know, losing to Mike Krzyzewski, an absolute legend, in his final title game. I think ultimately it'll, history will look pretty good uh, pretty well upon Wisconsin. As for Kentucky, um, I was in the locker room after the loss. Uh, they were there was some shock. Uh, Wisconsin took their loss harder than Kentucky took its loss. I, I can definitely say that. And you, and maybe that's to be expected when it's in a title game. I don't know, but Kentucky had like history on the line, so maybe it was just a little bit of a disbelief. But I will say, you know, Marcus Lee was like, "No, this 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 happened. It doesn't. It feels real. We lost. It sucks." Trey Lyles said that he doesn't even know how to to react or respond in the moment. Um, Aaron Harrison said he felt numb, wishes he could feel anything. He was kind of banging his head against the locker and just like just you know utter frustration. Uh, Ulysses, to me, I was not I was not on, in the press room, so I don't know how anyone was out there aside from the obvious you know Andrew Harrison moment that created a twenty four hour controversy. But in the locker room, Ulysses was the one that to me took it harder than anyone else. Uh, which is interesting because Ulysses is going to be back next right. year. And a lot of those guys will not be. Um, so, for example, in the Wisconsin locker room, to me, Decker took it harder than anyone else, and Gosser took it harder than anyone else. And those are two guys that won't be back next year. I mean, Decker's going to go. you got you got to assume that. And Gosser's a senior. Um, it was actually interesting uh, how Gosser agreed to do this interview on the Big Ten Network outside the locker room post game, and they were like, you know, you get you wait for it to get thrown live to you. So he's like standing there with Stephen Bardo and Dave Revson, and they're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And Gosser's like Gosser can't stop himself from crying. He just can't can't stop the can't stop the leak, so to speak. And uh, and because of this, like he's left to just stand twenty five yards away from Duke's locker room, which the doors are open, and you can hear them going nuts. It was a kind of a brutal scene, to be honest. Um, but yeah, Kentucky, it's uh it's an interesting, weird thing, man. I mean, Calipari got it. Calipari got the Hall of Fame nod. Bo Ryan didn't, so Cal was there at halftime of the title game, and he got spooed so loudly. Oh my gosh! Because they enter every year at halftime of the title game. We always know the Hall of Fame class, so everyone that gets in this year was Cal Matumbo, among others, and Cal was booed so loudly. But listen, uh, I, I won't forget this Kentucky team. I'm going to miss covering Willie Cauley Stein. He was great after the game. Uh, just kind of explaining the season, his career, this game. I mean, just an honestly, such a, an awesome dude to cover. Um, but they ultimately fall short, and I got to give it up to Wisconsin for having the kind of game plan that they did for Decker showing up the way that he did, Kaminsky as well. Um, I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts I, on why I, Kentucky couldn't get it done? Well, I, I honestly, like, I th- first okay, like, I got a whole bunch of stuff here. Um, why couldn't Kentucky get it done? Because they played another great team. You know, like, that's the thing. Like, people were like, I heard this a little bit after the game. Like, where does this rank among all-time upsets? Like, not really. Doesn't rank. Like, they're five-point favorites. Like, it's not like Kentucky went out and lost to, you know, 1985 Villanova. You know, like, they lost to another, to a Big Ten regular season champ, a Big Ten tournament champ, a one seed that also happened to have a Hall of Fame level coach, three pros, and the National Player of the Year. Like, Kentucky was supposed to win. It's disappointing, but it wasn't a massive upset or a huge surprise. Um, it, it only registers that way because they were 38-0. But there wasn't – there was a big gap between Kentucky and most teams in the country. There was never that big of a gap between Kentucky and Duke, Kentucky, Wisconsin, Kentucky, Arizona, so on and so forth. So um, why couldn't they get it done? They just played another great team, and sometimes when you play another great team, like you're going to lose in a 40 minute game. You know, like it just sometimes it just happens that way. And so, um, I, I really don't think that there's much more to it than that. In terms of why the Wisconsin players took it harder on Monday night than the Kentucky players took the loss on Saturday, I, I, I'm not sure. Other than, I think sometimes 
when you're a little older, things register with you in a different way than they than they would have when you're younger. And I, I still like, and I'm, I realize I'm talking about the difference between 18 and 21, or 19 and 23. But there is a huge difference between 18 and 21 and 19 and 23. Um, and so I, I, maybe that's it. The other thing is uh, all of the Kentucky players, not all, but the overwhelming majority, like they have bright futures. Like so often when you see um, college basketball players like crying, like really breaking down after their last game in the NCAA tournament, it's because that's their last relevant moment in basketball. Like, and mm-hmm. they, they know that on some level. Like, this is the last, like, I remember, I can still remember my last high school baseball game. I can remember, like, being bothered by it. But, because well, I knew that was the last time I was ever going to play baseball. You know, like, that was it. Like, I have never played baseball since then. I've dominated wiffle ball tournaments, like, in a way that you couldn't possibly imagine. But I knew that was probably my last baseball game ever, right? So I think on some level, like, I don't know what Josh uh, Gosser's plans are or a, a lot of the guys on the on the Wisconsin roster. But um, you you can reasonably say across the board that that's the biggest moment of their basketball careers. Like, that's it. Even, you know, like, like Frank's going to go into the NBA and Decker will too and maybe Nigel, whatever. But for the most part, that, that locker room is filled with guys who will never, ever be, be, be relevant in a big way. In, in, in the sport again, whereas the Kentucky guys are like, you know, like they're all going to be millionaires and like literally millionaires in a few months if they want to be like as many as seven of them could reasonably be millionaires in you know, in, in two months, three months, whatever it is. And so I, I think maybe you combine uh, the, 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 the contrast in expected futures for the two locker rooms and the contrast in age. And maybe that's how you get the different reactions. I don't know. I could just be guessing here, but uh, that seems that seems to make sense um, to me. I wonder if you're overstating exactly how good most people's memories are because <laughs> um, like, I don't doubt you and like, you know, our buddy, John Rostein, yeah. like, like you guys like really have good, like Rostein can sit there and just pop off, you know, the, you know, so-and-so's path to the 1982 final four, even though he wasn't even alive in 1982. Like he, you know, he, he knows that stuff. And, and you like, you remember everything. Uh, for most people, it's just a blur, right? Like, it's just like, okay, fine. This was, who lost in the 2015 National Championship game? Uh, Wisconsin did. Okay, you ready? Who lost in the 1997 National Championship game? Kentucky. I know, you know, but most people have no idea, all right? And so... I know, I wonder if this one might be a little different because Kentucky undefeated 38-1. and Here's what I think people remember. In Wisconsin, the state of, legends forever. Like the back-to-back Final Fours, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this, uh, Player of the Year, Decker, Hayes, got Leg- Kane, all of them, legends forever in that state. Outside of that state, Frank, legend forever, iconic college basketball figure. Um, he was national player, a consensus national Player of the Year. Um, his story is a great story. Came out of nowhere, developed into this unbelievable thing. He's white. You know that 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 matters in terms yeah. of the way people remember stuff. It just does. Uh, iconic college basketball figure forever. The team, I don't know. Like what? Like like I, I just think it'll it'll blend in with most other really good teams that fell short. You know, I, I don't I don't I don't think there's any obvious thing that will make them stand out. You know, nationally forever. Frank, iconic figure in the state of Wisconsin. Um, you know, he, he legends forever, but nationally, the team it'll just be another team. I think. I mean, Sam, what do you think? I got it. Uh, am I am I discounting it too much? Um, you know, it, it's hard because they're like the best offensive team in the Ken Palm era. No, but most people have no idea who Ken Palm is. You I agree. That, right? Like, no, no, no. I know, but like, I think among basketball circles, they're going to be. Like very highly regarded, very well remembered. But you're right among general fans. I think that they're going to be like, oh yeah, I remember Frank Kaminsky. He was great in that like Doug McDermott way or that right. Adam Morrison yeah, way. Yeah, like Doug McDermott. Now, you know, I kind of call those great forever. white player ways. Well, that's what it is. I, like <laughs> it is. You know, I wasn't that's even exactly joking. What it is. I wasn't even joking when I said he's white and that matters. It does matter. It, it makes it. It does matter. Like that's part of his story. Like we we can all pretend it's not, and and the whole world's colorblind. But you know. As long as we we forever remember JJ Redick 
and you know, a, a black dude just getting shot in the back by white cops randomly <laughs> on video, no less. Like, let's stop pretending that it doesn't matter. Like, being white is part of Frank Kaminsky's story, and um, being goofy and white is part of his story. I'll take it a step further, and so that that that'll make him memorable in a way that I, I don't know. You ready? Let's let's play. Let's play again. Two thousand four National Player of the Year. Go. Thank you. Man, I should know this. Though. I know you're proving my point, though. So most players of the year they just blend together, but not the That's white dudes. Annoying, Matt. Come on. Well, it was Come actually on. JJ Redick and Adam Morrison. No, that was 06. That's what I said, right? You said 04. You said 04. Oh, did I say 04? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you said 04, man. So that would have been a mecca, I think. Well, that, that's my that point. Would be my the, guess. The, okay, but you knew 06, right? You knew 06. Well, I, I knew 06 because we started talking. About, yeah, but, and I get your point. I get your point. Yeah, I know. And, and by the way, shout out to the random person I can't remember who tweeted, shout out to Frank Kaminsky for looking like an Arby's regional manager when he accepted his National Player of the Year award because he was like, he had his Wisconsin <laughs> really red did. polo tucked oh, into his khakis and it was God. amazing. Yeah, so I, listen, let's, let's, let's bottom line this. I think um, Frank will be remembered forever, as he should. Yeah. As he should. And, and not, like, I'm bringing the race thing into it just because I do think that's a factor. But um, now let's take that and put it in a package and over to the side. He was an awesome story and an awesome college basketball player, and he will be thought of that way forever. Um, and, and the whole team will be legendary in the state of Wisconsin. I, I think outside of that, they'll just sort of blend in, like, you know, whatever. As for Kentucky, how would it be remembered? Sim- simply. The team that came up short. That, like, that's easy. You know, the, the Patriots of the Patriots of college basketball. Yeah, nobody nobody yeah. cares about starting because you already see it honestly. People start to discount that 38-0 really quickly. Well, they played in the SEC. They never played anybody. I mean, stop it. Stop it. If it was this easy, there have been worse major conferences. Like teams would have done it. That's the whole thing. If it's so bad, show me other instances where people equal this output. I it say that all happen. No, no. Now you're you're preaching to the choir here. I completely agree with you. Like people even when Wichita State, you know, I I'm after they lost to um, Notre Dame, I guess it was, in the tournament. Uh, you know, I tweeted, like, four years, four tournaments, two Sweet 16s, a Final Four, number one seed, blah, 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 blah. And somebody said, yeah, but they play in the NBC, so it ain't that hard to do. Well, then why doesn't any other NBC school ever do it? Like, if it's easy to do, then Precise. show me the other examples that have done it. Same thing with Kentucky. If it's so easy to do, show me the other teams that, that have done it. On the other hand... Like Florida ran through the SEC like last year, so uh, maybe it's not as hard to. But my point is this: it doesn't matter where you fall in the argument. It was already like as soon as they lost. Oh well, this, look what happens when they have to play somebody good. You know, if they'd have played in a good league, they would have taken three losses during the year. And I don't know whether any of that's true. I just know it was being said. My point is that the 38 no record already discounted by a lot of people after as soon as they lost. And so they'll just be they you won't remember 38 no as some remarkable accomplishment as much as you'll remember them getting caught, you know, in the national semifinals. I think that Sam, do you agree with that? Yeah, Gino Ariema had a really good like uh like someone asked him about comparing himself to John Wooden. He had a really good quote about like how in America people don't appreciate good. They always have to compare it to something else. Like he used to like to compare Brianna Stewart to like other people and say like, oh yeah, like we don't really appreciate her because no matter what, we always compare her to men's players. We compare her to like NBA players. And I think a little bit of that has like a little bit of that comes down to exactly what's going to happen here with Kentucky. Like we don't appreciate the fact that this team was just incredible. They were one of the best defensive teams that we have seen ever, isn't it? Like Definitely. They're, they're incredible. And we're going to forget about all of that. Or at least some people will forget about all of that whenever we look back in history books and try and think of what you know, what what happened in 2015 and that kind of sucks. But uh yeah, I think that that's going to be what happens. Um so then we spent part of our weekend and this is me transitioning to looking ahead a little bit. Um, working on the top 25-1 and one over uh, drinks and the Cubs-Cardinals uh, Major League Baseball opening night game. And uh, we have Virginia number one, and I think that's a pretty easy sell. You know, if they bring back basically everybody except Atkins, uh, but, but do bring back uh, Justin Anderson, which is still up in the air, but I, I think he'll probably be back. Uh, they seem like a very, um, a very reasonable number one pick. Number two, we had North Carolina. 
and I didn't even think about this at the time we were doing it, it nor would it have affected you know where we decided to put North Carolina. But it is at least possible. I, I don't know if it's likely, but it, it's like you know they're in the middle of an NCAA mess with this academic scandal. You know what if North like North Carolina could be a legitimate national title contender that doesn't end up being allowed to play in the NCAA tournament. That would be a pretty wild storyline, right? Yeah, that quickly flashed through my mind as we were doing this, but I didn't think like I thought. You know, I basically thought we were we were doing we were ranking based off of because you can take this kind of a couple different ways when you pr- throw perspective into your preseason top twenty-five and ones. Basically, the teams we think will be best suited to be the best teams at the start of the season. It's not a projection of where they'll be March 31st of 2016. It's more when we start the race, we think this is the power ranking. So in that perspective, I think that's why we clearly should have North Carolina number two. Right. And then I th- the rest of the top five was uh, Kentucky. Kentucky three, Maryland four, Kansas five. Obviously with Kentucky, it's a little bit of guesswork here. I, I tweeted on Sunday that my understanding was that it was more likely than not that they'd lose seven players, basically only return in terms of relevant pieces from this year's team, Tyler Eulis, um, Marcus Lee, Alex Poitras, everybody else gone. Uh, Cal initially said he expected to lose no less than five, uh, no more than seven. Uh, he apparently changed that last night on his radio show to six or seven. And it sounds like um, Dakari Johnson is the one on the fence. I, I'm, you know, I'm a it, it, little guesswork here, but uh, basically everybody except Dakari, or everybody including Dakari, we'll see. So they're going to have an, you know, entirely different looking uh, roster next year. But I'll just say this: if you start Tyler Eulis next to Isaiah Briscoe, with Alex Poitras at the four, Scalabissier at the five, Marcus Lee off the bench. And you know they're going to sign other dudes, like whether it's Malik Newman or uh, Jabari Brown or Steven Zimmerman. Like they're just, they, I don't know who they'll get exactly. I just know that they won't get shut out because like it's John Calipari and Kentucky and Nike, and that's a pretty lethal combination. Um, they're going to have like forget top five roster. That seems easy, particularly with the way you know Scal's playing, uh, you know, at the Hoop Summit. But they might have the best roster in the country again. And so, like, all of this is possible again. I don't know about 38-0 to start the season, but uh, another Final Four, another national championship. Like, they're, they're going to be terrific again. And let's wrap this up then with talking about uh, the guy who will be the star of their recruiting class, uh, Scalabissier. Like I said, he uh, lives here in the Memphis area, not, not far from where uh, I live. I, I first heard about him many years ago, and um, he's done nothing but get better. His recruitment has been a mess. His legal guardian is a scumbag, um, but I know people keep asking me, so I'll just address it. I do think he will, you know, he'll be eligible to play at Kentucky. I, I think they'll probably ding him, uh, assuming that, you know, for some sort of improper benefit that the guardian has done. I, that's let me be clear. That's what I think will happen. I don't know what will happen. Sometimes you can't prove stuff, um, but I think that they'll get dinged a little bit. And, you know, it'll be like a one game or a two game or a three game. But ultimately, I believe Scal's going to play um, at Kentucky. And I, he's awesome. Like, his guardian has done everything in the world to, to screw up his amateur status and to screw up um, his development by tr- uh, unnecessarily transferring high schools, ridiculously bouncing from one AAU program to the next. Uh, but the kid is a rock-solid kid, like a sweetheart of a kid. And he is an unbelievable talent. And Sam, you've seen that up close yesterday. You'll see it again more today. Um, I know you wrote about him. Folks can find this at CBSSports.com or on Sam's Twitter feed or on my Twitter feed. Um, He's been the best player at the Nike Hoop Summit. And like all of the best prospects are at the Nike Hoop Summit. Our buddy Jonathan Gavoni now has him projected as the number one overall pick. 2016 NBA draft. Just you tell me what what has made him... um, stand out among other elite prospects um, in Oregon? Uh, So, yeah, he's really – the thing with Skull is that he is a – he's like a seven-foot – he got measured at seven-foot, seven-two wingspan. So, you know, he's center size. And he already – he's, A, just an incredibly fluid athlete for that size. Like, just watching him move around the floor and watching the way that he – 
the way that he like spins in the post, the way that he comes off of screens uh, or after like uh, setting a screen for a guard to go around. It, it just all looks very, very polished for a kid that doesn't have a lot of experience. And his jump shot is like, like it's perfect. He gets incredible elevation. He has a high release. It's a really, really soft touch. He, he's already out to like uh, college three-point line standards. Like it's incredible how like fluid and how nice this jumper is. And like I said, it, it's not just that. It's the way that he it's just the way that he handles himself on the floor. It's incredible compared to everyone else. He outplayed Thon Maker yesterday. Uh, the guy who, you know, he's been like a YouTube highlight sensation compared to Kevin Durant, like absurdly. Uh, he, he, he's not that. But he's probably a top 10 pick in 2016, and he outplayed Thon Maker by a considerable margin. Is the that that's the term I'm using is a considerable margin. He contested every shot on the perimeter. He moves well on the perimeter. Uh, he contested a lot of shots inside. He's just really a great he's a great prospect. I'm gonna be surprised if he doesn't play really well at Kentucky next year. And so if you want to read more about that, just go to CBSports.com. You can find it on Sam's Twitter feed. You can find it on my Twitter feed. Sam's gonna be at the Hoop Summit uh, for the rest of the week. Again, if you're unfamiliar with the event um, it is like the you know some of if not most of the best basketball prospects in the world uh, all gathered um, together and it is one of the events that NBA scouts this is right right NBA scouts are allowed to be at so yes, yes. there were a lot of NBA people a lot of NBA people there so it's a really uh, high level event and you can read more about it uh, under Sam's name at cbssports.com remember you can subscribe to the Island College Basketball Podcast on iTunes and you should because that's where you get the latest uh, editions uh, most quickly GP, is, there, is there no GP before mm. we wrap this up I mean mm. is, is there no off outside the arena Final Four stuff that you that you would like to share from from our time in Indianapolis I we, mean, we, did we really to... didn't do anything crazy there was no it, crazy what, I mean it wasn't it wasn't that crazy we ended but... up we ended up uh, partying with Tony Romo that was kind of that, that was kind that of did, interesting we ended up at a party with Tony Romo and now I have a random person's credit card and that person has your credit card <laughs> we, don't, we don't need to get into names of, of the of the person but somehow now I have this person's credit card that I have to mail back okay to I'll tell that story so we end up um, late Sunday night after we basically wrapped up the top 25 and won, um, at, I don't even know if it was a party as much as, and I don't even know who had it. I don't even know, I don't know the origin of any of this, but uh, there was a back room at a downtown Indianapolis bar, like the patio, and it was all like blocked off and it was reserved. Like it was basically like if you had a private gathering in a room at a bar, and nobody else could get in except for the people you wanted in. So we ended up in one of those, right? And not the name drop, but we're just telling the story. Um, it, Romo was the, it was probably about, what would you say, 20 people, 25 people? Something like that. Yeah, okay. Like there weren't that many people. And so uh, Romo was there. Um, his brother in law, Chase Crawford, who was, you know, from Gossip Girl, he was there. Yeah, I had no idea who this guy was, but yeah. everyone was like, yeah, he was, hey, guy, he was, that he, guy Chase is over there. I'm like, he was I, the great looking guy sitting on the couch, right? <laughs> And so, hey, I've seen I've seen every episode of Gossip Girl. Okay, so well, you you would have been in heaven if you were there, Sam. Poor <laughs> Sam had to go finish. Poor Sam had to go write a story. I'd go write stuff. a column. And and they were such so strict with the um, like who could get in and who could get out. There was just no scenario under which we were going to be yeah. able to walk you in. It had gotten to a point to where you know it's, it's, it's I know I believe that it's I easier to that. get into the white. And I but I Norlander, you can you can uh, confirm this. I said, God, this would be the highlight of Sam's life so far if he were in this room right now. I can't believe like the, he had to go write about Kaminsky and Okafor. And, and so, then you said, F Sam. This and then I said, F Sam, whatever, get another drink. <laughs> and so um, so anyway, um, yeah, we won't use the names exactly, but there were some really high-level CBS people there, like, like the type of people that could either give me a million-dollar contract tomorrow or fire me tomorrow. Like they do whatever they want, right? High-level folks. And so, needless to say, I was hanging out with them. <laughs> and, um, and so we order uh, a round of drinks. Now, like, Barkley had just, Charles Barkley was there. He had just ordered, like, a whole round, basically a round of shots for the whole room. And so we had those, but I was trying to get, like, a normal drink-type drink to hold in my hand. And so, um, oh, who else? Sean Payton was there. The Saint, he still coaches the Saints, right? So he was there. It was, it was like a weird yeah. cast of characters. And so we're all hanging out. Everything, everybody's cool, and it's fun, and whatever. So I order a drink um, 
and and these other uh, high level folks order a drink from CBS. They order order a drink, and we all hand the a waitress our, our credit cards. And then she comes back, and you got to understand, like it was sort of a scattered scene. So you were just happy to get in. You know, if somebody brings you back a drink and a credit card, you know, slip. You're happy. So she brings it back to me, and I open it, and it's a green CBS Amex card. It looks just like my credit card. So I don't even think anything about it. Like I gave her a green Amex, CBS Amex. She um, she took it from me. Uh, she came back and gave me my drink and gave me a green CBS Amex. So I'm cool. So I sign it, give it to her. Well, then that thing sort of winds down, I don't know, about 2.30 in the morning or something. Yeah, and, and then you and Goodman want to go inside Howl at the Moon, which was <laughs> freaking amateur hour. I mean, it's like, ugh. Now, you, 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 there's, you've a howl, there's a Howl at the Moon in Studio City, like Universal City. Right. I can I can tell you for a fact that was amateur hour. Okay, well, you guys are both misrepresenting what actually happened. Jeff Goodman and I didn't want to go to Howl at the Moon as much as we wanted to go to a place that was still open. That seemed to be the place that was still open as we were no, walking by. Open. In fact, in fact, our conversation as we were standing out on the street corner at two thirty in the morning with Tony Romo and Chase Crawford, <laughs> the whole thing's so stupid. Um, was like, okay, let's just walk back toward the hotel. And then if we see something that looks uh, like there's people inside and they're still serving drinks, then we'll stop there. And and so we stumbled upon How at the Moon. And stumbled upon? It was directly across the street. So then you we didn't, didn't have to walk to, like, Walk a block and see if we could get something better. Norlander, it was 2.45 in the morning. You don't look for better at 2.45 in the morning. I guess you, I guess we don't. No, it was fine. Available. It was just like when we walked, when we walked, <laughs> when I walked in, I was like, oh my gosh. And by the way, uh -huh. I'll let you finish your story, but... Goodman picked Wisconsin to win the whole thing, and obviously the tournament wasn't over at this point. He could not go anywhere Dude. that wasn't filled with Wisconsin fans without getting noticed. I had, I had well, because he, it, it was he, impossible to walk. Well, you, well, you know what he like. He was like, "Oh man, uh, it, it's crazy." I'm like, "You're I'm wearing so a, uncomfortable with this." Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Well, I was like, "Dude, you're wearing a suit at 2:45 in the morning. Like, you stand out. Like, like I had on jeans and a hoodie and a toboggan. Like, like you know." Yeah, and, yeah, right, right, right. So I'm like, uh, I'm like, dude, maybe you should take the suit off and then like put a baseball hat on. And like Tony Romo was wearing a baseball hat, Chase Crawford was wearing a baseball hat. If you're really concerned about getting noticed, like take your like take your stupid clown suit off, clown. And so whatever. So then we end up in this other bar. All right, how about the moon? And we'd been there once before for some reason or another. And so we re we recognized the name. It seemed to be open. I, they they I was I assumed correctly that they had vodka behind the bar, so it worked out. So we walk in, and then we run into some of my uh, CBS Sports Network producers, right? So then we had, like, friends inside, and I get really excited because uh, th those are my friends. So I said, hey, okay, listen, I buy you guys around the drinks. Let's get some drinks. So I, I, uh, get, I pull out my green CBS Amex card, hand it to the bartender, and I say, okay, I need uh, this, this, that, that, and that, and this, and that, and keep it open. He says, cool. So he gives me all the drinks, and he keeps it open, and then I go back for round two, you know, five minutes later, and he, uh, I, he goes, what was the name on the card again? And I said, Parrish. He goes, okay. So he comes back to me, and he goes, um, I don't have a credit card that says Parrish. I said, of course you do. Dude, I just gave it to you 20 minutes ago. Like, it, of course you have it. It's uh, Gary Parrish. He goes, he goes, okay, I'll go look again. Goes, looks, he's like, dude, there's nothing that says Gary. There's nothing that says Parrish. So then you start to question yourself, because we've been drinking for a pretty long while at this point. And uh, I'm like, D -d -d -d. so I look through, and I'm trying to, like, uh, call, make a roll call for all my credit cards, make sure I didn't give them a different one for some reason. I, and I finally say, listen, dude, I gave you a credit card, Green American Express CBS. So he comes back with a Green American Express CBS, and he's like, this? And I'm like, yeah, that's it. He's like, it doesn't say perish. I, uh, so I grab it, and I'm like, oh, my God. When the waitress at the previous Tony Romo party bar gave us our credit cards back, she gave me like a senior VP's CBS credit card and gave him mine. So he's walking around with my credit card and I'm walking around with his credit card. And now I, and so then finally I gave it to, I knew Norlander would have a better shot. at. Oh, uh, oh, oh, oh. I get the get impression there. that your credit card limits before are probably a little bit different as well. So, no limit, yeah. no limit on the black card. So then, <laughs> so then we walk back and it's like, I don't even know what hour. And you know, it's fine. We walk back, see a couple people we know and say, Hey, get back to the hotel and um, you wanted to take some money out from the ATM and you were standing there and you're trying to do it and it won't give it to you. And you're like, 
what the F, man? Why with this? And then you forgot that, again, this wasn't your credit card. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, Whole thing what got the out F? Hand. And so then, yeah. yes. And then the day of the title game, you... Uh, I was going to be on television set, like, till 8.30. And, like, I wanted to get the guy his credit card as soon as possible because, like... So I had to pick it up at the lobby. Right. So I leave... Because, like, he's way more important than I am. And so I wanted to do everything I could to get his credit card back. So I leave it at the front desk of the hotel for Norlander to pick up and take it. And I, you know, and for them to get it all back. And then, like, Norlander and, and this person never connected. So, like, now well, we've got to, like... He texted me. And I was like, hey, he he's like, yeah, I'm sitting in the... I'm sitting in sweet yada yada and I'm like, man, I'm I'm down here working. I can't I can't get up there. But if you want to come down to section whatever was right behind me at halftime, let's do this. Doesn't text me, forgets about it. I get a text from him as I'm like trying to file at like one in the morning and he's like, Hey, I'm I'm I totally forgot about this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I'm like, Man, I'm still at the stadium. I'm not even close to being done here. I'm gonna be writing till at least two thirty and he goes I'll be up, man. I'll be up. <laughs> I get done at like three and I'm like, hey, I'm done, but this isn't going to work. Uh, I'm going to have to mail you your credit card. And I tried to get the information before I left so I could like have the hotel mail it. Nope. Uh, I got it. A text from him yesterday. So now I got this random credit yeah, card. I yeah, got a mail this thing you play, and it's all your fault. Keep in mind, Norlander, if you play this right, you could be like the next host of like um, Survivor or something maybe. Like th this is the level of person we're talking about. So, so uh, yeah, so like make sure and, you get it. And I'm not going to get into names here, um, but it's, the, the person has a similar name to someone else. So we actually thought it was someone else we actually thought briefly it was someone of a i think we both thought it was someone of a different gender um <laughs> i just the whole thing was bananas so for all of you people and first off let me say extremely flattering when we wake up on um we go to bed sunday night or wake up monday or you know even tuesday and people are consistently asking on twitter when's the podcast posting when's your next podcast it's extremely flattering that that anybody cares enough about any of this to to even take the a second to ask so thank you um and i apologize um but every the last 10 minutes of storytelling is exactly why we never actually got to a podcast <laughs> <laughs> We were, we were, because it's like the whole, the whole Sunday, Sunday got complete, Sunday got out of hand. Sunday it got, did. Sunday got pretty bad out of hand, right? That's fair assessment. Yes. But, it, but it was a good no, time. It That's fair. And then was, yesterday, uh, and then yesterday we traveled, like I worked till like six in the oh. morning after the championship game. Like I went back to the Duke Hotel, left there at like 2.45 in the morning, went back and, 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 uh, you know, filed a column at around 5.30 in the morning. Um, and then was up for about another hour just because I couldn't fall asleep that quickly. And yeah, so then and then I had to travel home. And so yesterday was crazy. Uh, yeah. But but here Every, we are I, now. I didn't even go to bed. I mean, Sam and I were literally we worked, didn't leave the, yeah. the stadium until four in the morning. Got to the hotel, grabbed our stuff, went right to the airport. We both had six fifteen flights. Couldn't sleep. Got home at like noon on Tuesday. Probably fell asleep from two to six. Wife got home, said hi to the wife. Ate dinner and what literally slept from like nine thirty p.m. up until like eight thirty on Wednesday morning. So yeah, um, yeah apologies for the delay. Yeah, apologies um, for the delay, but understand we we were uh, blame. Hey, hey, just like every other thing in the world, blame it on Romo. <laughs> <laughs> just like hey, awesome. Doesn't Romo get blamed for everything else in this world? He he does actually. Right, so, yeah. so like, why why did what? Hey, why didn't you post a podcast before the national championship game? Because of Tony Romo and all of the vodka surrounding that table. <laughs> so um, anyway, that's that. Now, people are gonna ask. So what's the podcast schedule going forward? I have no idea because the truth is, if we tried to stick with like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule, like there's just not enough stuff. To talk. No shot. No shot. Yeah. Now clearly, I could talk about anything for 25 minutes. So like, it, it I could probably pull it off. But it would just turn into the Gary Parrish show podcast as opposed to like a college basketball podcast um, because there's really not enough going on in college basketball. So here's what we'll do. Whenever we feel like there's something we're talking about, we'll just pop on, right? We'll just, you know, we'll just get together and then do a little uh, chat session. Could we, commit, yeah, cool could we commit to one a week? I don't think it gets busy enough. I, I think news has needed. I think one a week we could do. But I could I do one a week by myself. 
Yeah. Listen, I know how this is going to go. We're not promising one a week because it gets really. Because slow. what if we bump into Romo again? Uh, obviously, that that could have a uh, huge after effect. Sure. Um, right. So we should no, we should make promises. I, hey, hey, how about this? I'll think on it, and then we will hold. We will record a new podcast, and we'll and 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 announce our decision. We'll we'll wait for all the players to announce their decisions. How about that we'll podcast announcing our decision? I don't know. You know what? Like if something interesting happens over the weekend, we'll pop on Monday. Whatever. Hey, we'll figure it out. I just got home. Let me get my let me get my bags unpacked. Yeah, first. I, I noticed by the way that your wife has updated on Facebook that you have a ruined toilet because of a K cup. Holy so. shit! Oh wow. Okay, so like we have a 14 month old. We have a we have a 12 year old and a 14 month old. Neither one of them were planned. We had the 12 year old when we were too young, and we've okay. had and we've had the 14 month old when we were too old. So I've got we had one kid when we were way too young to have a kid, and now we have another kid when we were too old to have a kid. So like I I, I what are you gonna do? But um our like our one our one of our downstairs toilets like the one like around the kitchen has been just clogged forever. Like you can't, like you basically, we just had to shut it down. So folks would come over and we'd say, they'd say, hey, where's the restroom? Don't use that one because it's just, it'll be a problem. So just whatever. So finally it just, it, it becomes frustrating because we're getting to that time of year where we're the people who have the pool. So there's like people at my house every single day. Like, I don't even know who these folks are. Like I just walk outside and there's like people that, it's amazing how many friends you get when, when you're the ones with the pool, right? But we're getting to that time <laughs> of year. And um, so, like, that's the most convenient bathroom to the pool. So, uh, you know, she was like, listen, we got to get this fixed. Uh, and so, like, I said, okay, handle it. Well, that you know, so we call the plumbing service uh, Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical right here in Memphis, Tennessee. And so they come out and, and they do everything they can do. And they said, listen, we that, like, there's something in there that we can't get out. And so you can just deal with a broken toilet or you got to get a whole new toilet. Well, you can't deal with a broken toilet. So whatever, get a whole new toilet. It costs like, like five, 600 bucks, you know, to get the whole thing done. And, um, so they start banging away, you know, they have to like rip the toilet out and it's a K cup, like from a Keurig machine that our 14 month old has thrown in there and flushed. <laughs> that's what it was. Oh so, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Because he, he loves to. Um, Duncan. Well, like even in draw, draw, <laughs> drawers in uh, in the kitchen, like he'll take things, open them, and like he likes to drop things. Like it's very much a baby thing to do, like blocks or you know um, anything. Like um, take a ball through a round hole. He just likes. You were you were doing this on Sunday night, GP. Was I? You were just, you were, you were just yeah. You know you were just Probably. like loving it. You were yeah, just same thing. It. So same thing. So one of the things he did um, that we thought was cute was he would take K cups because we have a whole place where we keep them and he can he has access to them and he would take them and put them in toilets and then we would you know we'd get them out and we'd say Oliver don't do that again and it made for like little funny videos and stuff. He thought it was he'd laugh and whatever. Well apparently he also at some point learned how to flush. So he went, he just like took a K cup, dropped it in, flushed it, and it got stuck in there in a way that they could not get it out. So, like, yesterday's plumbing trip cost me around 600 bucks strictly because my kid took a K cup and flushed it down the toilet. Welcome back home. I know, right? I know, right? But it was good to see everybody when I got back home. It was, uh, it, it's nice to, it's nice to know that I can unpack my suitcase and not have to, um, leave for New York in three days. Yeah, that's been my life, like, for, since first week of January, my life has been, uh, yeah, go to New York every week and then go to basketball games elsewhere. You know, every other week, it's been it's been nonstop travel. Like it's it's been it's it's been overwhelming for me on some level. Not that I'm complaining. I have awesome jobs and I'm very appreciative of the opportunities. But it, it still becomes mentally and physically overwhelming. But even more so for her, honestly. Like you know, like she's trying to take care of a 12 year old who needs a lot of attention because he was an only child forever. And then also a 14-month-old who will just take random stuff and flush it down the toilet. So it's been a pain in the ass for her. But uh, hopefully... I'm going to be very happy that you're home. But you know what? In theory. But guess what? The problem becomes in 48 hours, she can be so tired of me. You know, like, uh, <laughs> I'm not the easiest person to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, like, if you have to live with me. So I, I think in, in the idea of me being home sounds like a great one. Uh, but I, I could end up... Like, let's be honest. I might like start flushing cake up down the toilet. You, you never really know with me. So uh, we'll see. But hopefully, hopefully it all works out. So subscribe to the I Am College Basketball Podcast if you haven't. And then whenever we have a next one, uh, you'll be the first to know. Until uh, then, take care. Bye.